Fortune and Strife features subjects which can be uncomfortable for a general audience, such as the use of drugs and alcohol, poor treatment of people of different classes or cultures, adult situations, psychological trauma, deprivation, survival, natural disasters, and violence. Listener discretion advised. In addition, these next few episodes of the show contain cultural and historical content based upon the peoples of Asia and the Far East. We are coming at this from a place of respect and genuine interest and a love of these cultures, places, and history. We may not get it 100% right all the time, and we ask you to bear with us and give us the benefit of the doubt, and we would let us know when we get it wrong. We want to be an ally in dispelling Orientalism that has affected the Asian and Middle Eastern communities around the world. Welcome to Fortune and Strife. I am Robert, or Bayushi Shinichi, and I'll be your host and narrator. I am Chini, and I am playing Toji Ken. I am Tyler, and I am playing Akoda Ricci. Let's play some L5R in the Burning Sands. Less than a week uh, after the Emir says uh, his goodbyes and apologies for uh, the way things uh, ended in that uh, last conversation, uh, you were traveling with uh, Fuad and a few other uh, attendants and guards on uh, a set of camels that the uh, Amir's caravan has uh, let you depart with. And uh, you travel through the desert for a few days following a, uh, a river that you seem to be traveling north at this point. Uh, they tell you that this is known as the King's River and that it'll lead you towards the great jewel of the desert to the city Al-Zawira, the capital of the Kumarist Empire. And uh, you see it come up over uh, 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 a set of sand dunes uh, as you get close to this, uh, to along this, as you travel on the river and it starts to crick from north-south to east-west. And then you come across it, a great walled city, almost uh, uh, from, the, from the looks of things, almost uh, completely circular from uh, where, you, uh, where you crest with these tall spiring minarets, these, these very thin towers uh, and uh, a great golden domed uh, 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 temple uh, in the middle of the city that you that you see and uh, sets of, uh, of homes and houses dot the area around the walls of the city. And before long, you are traveling towards the, the main entrance, which they tell you you have to take from one side of the King's River uh, across. That is the uh, the way into the city is known as the Bridge of Boats. And this is the main entrance to El Zawira. And it is uh, the a bunch of uh, barges all strapped together into a bit of a long pontoon bridge that crosses the, uh, uh, the King's River here. And you know, they tell you that in case of uh, invasion or whatnot or, or siege that they can cut these boats and uh, the entrance into the city will be cut off to uh, those who wish to seek to do uh, the city or the Sultan harm. And uh, it's, uh, you, it's, it's easier going than you think. You weren't sure exactly how the camels and the, uh, the weight of all these people traveling to and fro from the city would uh, be supported by this, uh, uh, kind of rocking uh, motion of the pontoon bridge from one end to the next, but no, the bridge of boats seems to hold uh, quite well. And you know, as long as you're not uh, uh, too uh, uncertain on your feet uh, or uh, 
liable to be seasick, then uh, you can cross it with uh, <laughs> without too much trouble. And uh, from there, you find yourself within uh, kind of the the heart of the city. You are now in uh, what they call the 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 Fuad calls the middle city, and you pass through uh, several different markets, uh, past the main Quamar's Temple that you saw there with the uh, uh, the large golden dome, uh, through the Pilgrim's Court, the Market of Books, which, uh, oh, again, <laughs> you. you 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 have a mighty need, but you are being told that we you can't stop here right now. You don't have any of the local currency, anything like that. Uh, I'm thinking <laughs> this is probably kicking in and killing your curiosity uh, to not be Absolutely. able to stop and go through the market of books. So uh, gain three strife as you as you pass through the market of books, and you can't you can't be uh, you, you can't stop to go through all of these texts. I mean, there's there's books on almost. Uh, uh, everything you can imagine, it seems like, uh, as you pass through, you're only able to catch so many of the words that the uh, the hawkers are saying or what the covers read. But they they must have a copy of almost every book in the world. It seems like in this uh, uh, in this market. Absolutely, yes, I am a hundred percent dying of curiosity, not just on the books, but every Everything, every right? single thing here you is are just, just assaulted by the sounds. I mean, you've been to Odasan Uchi and it can get rowdy on festival days and whatnot, but you're you're stunned by the amount of people and of just the crush of it. Like uh while Odasan Uchi can get busy and and hurried at times, it's not to the same level of uh, people packed shoulder to shoulder trying to get through places to get from one end of the city to the next. Uh, it is it is just, you know, taking the capital city of uh, of your empire and the business of it and just ramping it up by almost tenfold. It's it's almost completely overwhelming to the two of you. I I am hereby declaring that Gen's mission is going to be to be able to somehow get out and see this city. One way or another. Yeah. <laughs> One way or another. She's she's gonna get the chance to to visit it all, to get to know every every bit of it, every street, every market. Uh uh, you know, you might skip the temples, who knows? Maybe you'll duck in at least once, but yeah, you gotta you gotta get through this place. Um and uh it isn't long between before Fuad uh brings you up to the inner walls of the city what he is calling the round city. This was the earliest settlements. Uh, it has the most perfectly round uh, um, uh, walls in all the world, built to a perfect circle by geometrists of uh, the highest order uh, and uh, that you will not find it's like anywhere else in the world. And he takes you through this and it is, yeah, the most prestigious district of the city. You can tell this is where the money and the aristocracy lives. and uh, you are all being guided towards uh, what appears to be some sort of palace complex. Uh, and he uh, uh, lets you know that the emir has asked to have you set up in uh, private quarters on his wing of the estates here as the uh, herald of the sultan and the prophet as the as the voice of the of the caliph. Uh, you will uh, have. Uh, uh, rooms there within his uh, uh, within his uh, his section of the of the palace, and it guides you to a, a very nice, uh, heck, if not uh, what you might consider opulent uh, uh, kind of um, 
Uh, I guess the would be, be like an adjoining house. Like it's on the same property as the palace, but it uh, and it has uh, kind of connecting thoroughfares that bring you to other parts of it. But it is uh, not necessarily tied into the rest of the palace. Uh, you can't just go from one end to the next. You have to leave this house and go to travel to others. But you are brought hmm. within the the herald's estate on the grounds of the uh, of the uh, Caliph's palace here, and you are met by a uh rather stern uh uh, uh older uh gentleman who just almost wants to sneer at you he sees you in uh Kumaris clothing but sees that it is not properly fitted for you and it is uh you know and he sees your uh sunburnt uh skin and faces and uh trying to uh pull off uh the garb that you have been uh gifted by uh, whatever fits you from the travelers that were with the emir earlier he just says uh, this this will not do i will send i will send for fresh clothing and set up uh someone to come and uh make sure that you are well bathed and uh have your skin looked after I will baths. show you a few rooms. You've got baths. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, he, uh, the he at least kind of kind of uh, smirks a bit of a smile at that, even though he's clearly looking down on you all there. It's like, well, at least you're somewhat civilized, it would seem. Uh, Jamila, uh, take these uh, these four to a bath and then be sure to lay out clothes for the uh, for the four of them. And uh, this uh, younger maid uh kind of comes up and she is just all smiles and uh eager to uh to lend a hand if not uh uh you know being being a bit more forward than Rokugani are are used to they're not used to people being kind of this close into their personal space as she touches the smalls of your backs and kind of guides you uh down uh towards uh where they have uh these uh these baths set up um they do have it separated by gender for this uh, for this one. There's no mixed gender bathing here, it seems. But these are wonderfully tiled and beautifully painted tiles at that white with blues and yellows and just this this uh, overwhelming sense of uh, uh, both uh, geometric uh, patterns, but also explosions of color uh, that uh, make up these uh, uh, the, the baths in here. And you are able to finally get into a good, proper soak. Oh, heaven. <laughs> heaven. It's uh, so nice. Hayate turns to uh, to Richie there and says, I know I'm knowing I'm supposed to do it, but it's been so long since I've been in a tub. And he kind of looks over at you and sheepishly kind of grins and says, but we're not in Rokugan, so... I think I could get away with it. And he dunks himself fully under, just just completely submerges his head and then pops back up, shaking his head with the water flying off in all directions afterwards, like almost like a, a dog shaking itself off after a rain. Oh, 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 it feels so good to just have water just oh all over my face again and my body. And oh, 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 Richie son, this is... <laughs> Oh, this is wonderful. Well earned, I believe, in our respects. Oh, it's been 
far or too long. I'm so glad they believe in 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 good good baths here. They didn't have the same wash setup we have at home, but this bath uh, more than makes up for it. Even if it is uh, what I was afraid was going to be cold tile, but it's uh, instead of wood. But this is still quite nice. Oh, is... It is. I'm I'm pleasantly surprised at how well their uh, bathing facilities are. Mm. Yeah, different, I... but but still comfortable enough to make me feel like partway at home. I would say the only thing I'm really missing here is some sort of music uh, or a drink. Oh, oh, I would. Oh, man, I would. I would kill for some sake right now. Mm, some nice of that. Uh, uh, something sweet, something with some flavor to it. Uh, something to remind you of, of summer, something like peaches or plums. <laughs> yeah. And, and Richie gets a little morose at that and just, yeah, that, oh. that would be good, good sake. Wouldn't it, though? Uh, if we ever get back, there's someone I should introduce you to. Oh, she, she, she is a, she is a wonder, a wonder of a brewer. Uh, but he just, without knowing anything about your connection with her, mm -hmm. just kind of. Just kind of leaves it at that, you know, just thinking, oh, man, it'd be nice to get back to home. And you're like, yeah, 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 it it would be nice to get back to drink some of that sake. Yeah. Meanwhile, over in the uh, other bath, you know, it's uh, Gin and Sueno and uh, Sueno is just the hairbrush. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, the two of you take turns attending after each other's hair and. Uh, brushing it fully out for the first time in forever. Uh, and Sueno mm -hmm. kind of uh, whispers into your ear from behind as she's uh, uh, brushing out your hair and says, we'll have to at some point find some way to uh, bleach your hair again soon or decide whether you want to keep it, uh, uh, keep it in the, in the, in the, fa in, in the white fashion here while we are in the, uh, in the city in Elzawira. Yeah, Alasa did not bring my dyes with the other kimono, so I'm going to look a fool for some time, I suppose. Well, I don't <sighs> really, really know uh, what you're, what you're uh, looking to achieve. Who knows? Maybe they might find it uh, fashionable here. <laughs> well, or we'll get some black walnuts and take care of it that way for a while. Just let me know. I wonder uh, if they have you, how you feel about that. Whichever, whichever. I wonder way you if they have go. black walnuts here. I wonder if they have black walnuts here. Oh, that's true. I don't know. I was so used to thinking it would be so easy to get uh, the the dye one way or the other uh, to bleach it white or to uh, uh, take you black uh, 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 to black. But yeah, I have I have no idea what they would do. But looking at the decorations around here, it's not like there seems to be a uh, struggling to find a use for uh, paint or pigment or colors. They, they seem to have it in abundance. <laughs> it, indeed, it is uh, quite, quite strange that way. The, the dye, as you know, is, is from the Asahina. So I'm sure they don't have anything quite like that here, but uh, I believe I saw people with different colors of hair as we came in. I wonder if they are naturally 
yellow haired or red haired or I was wondering the well. same thing is how how you would dye it to get it that color uh, I saw uh so many but you know I I have to admit um I don't I don't know it seems to draw the eye too much but then again we're probably going to do the same no matter what we do and I mean unless we covered ourselves in basket hats and even that would probably seem stranger than it would at home I do not see very many with uh, white hair, though. So something to look at if we can get out of this place so we could explore the city. <sighs> How frustrating. There's so much to see. It's the first day. I mean, imagine if you had uh, uh, a guess of some, uh, uh, some, some phoenix had to come in and all they wanted to do was... Uh, uh, visit a, a book binders, but uh, it was your job to make sure that they got, at least got into the home and got to know where their futons were at before you had the chance to take them into town. That's true. I'm sure that they would have no problem allowing us to go after a day or two. Of course, once we're, once we're settled in and uh, they, they have the, uh, we find the way of it. I'm sure uh, once we know how to get our way back and out, it should be no trouble to uh, get you out there. I'm, uh, I'm sure you saw more than a few books you were uh, uh, die to have in your collection back home. Uh, and of course, you know, we would need to see if we can find a unicorn merchant or something and to be able to join up with a unicorn caravan to return to the Empire. Uh, it seems the most likely way. Yeah. That, that it that it would, but maybe we don't have to rush that so much. I mean, we might enjoy it here for a bit. At least not until after we've seen the books. I'm sure... I'm sure my lord would be very interested in knowing what's inside those books. It's very important to the crane. Yes, important to the crane. And like with that, like, uh, uh, Swaino would wrap a hand around uh, Gin's stomach and kind of hold her close and uh, just say, but while we're here, no one knows my position or your position. And, you know, we don't have to worry about who we are or, you know, what our, what our status is. We could just be ourselves. Again, sighs just a little bit and feels feels that pang of the conflict between duty and uh, desire. There you go. She, she, she's like, yeah, we could stay here. I bet there's a jillion bugs to classify and we can hang out with. Sueno and read those books. But on the other hand, I have this duty in the Empire I'm supposed to be doing, even if I don't like it very much. Yeah. So she she falls silent at that, and there's kind of a pang in that silence of Yeah, what that you might guys kind of let that, let that sit and uh, kind of be heavy in the bath there, but after a while, everyone kind of uh, returns to uh, returns to their uh, to the rooms that Jamila has set out, and uh, it's 
fairly uh, uh, standard. Seems to be kind of, uh, I would say, probably uh, kind of what you might consider something to wear while you're lounging around, or even even uh, your bed clothes kind of thing. It's something light, something comfortable, something easy. Kind of almost again like those long tunics, uh, meets of robe or dress meets of robe kind of uh, uh, fashion, but they're they're very plain and unassuming, uh, but uh, comfortable. So it definitely seems like it's something to kind of tide over until they have a chance to to truly uh, uh, dress you proper. And kind of Jamila drops mm-hmm. a few hints at that. And she's like, I just I, I just can't wait till we can get someone in here to take your measurements and to uh, uh, pick out what colors you might be interested in and really put together an outfit for you, uh, for you all. Ah. Thank you so much. This is, this is good. Are we in the same building, like different rooms now? So uh, we're not yeah, there's probably, probably, uh, let's say uh, adjoining rooms, right? You guys can uh, okay. Uh, okay. Have, have adjoining rooms to each other here. Um, you know, they, well, they are separating you by, uh, uh, gender for the moment, uh, just as a sense of propriety. It's also not like you guys have caused any issues uh, while you were traveling with the uh, the Emir. So um, uh, Fuad probably just said, "Yeah, just give them two two adjoining rooms." Uh, you know, probably better to keep them closer together than uh, than having to worry about them moving backwards and forwards all the whole time through the house. Okay, so then we can settle down and get something to eat and figure out what we're doing from here huh mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's not long after that that uh 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 rafi jamila and fuad uh come up and bring you a a meal and they they do their best to have uh tried to uh you know make a make a bit of a rokugani meal uh they definitely have put out uh rice this time un uncolored or seasoned by saffron and uh, they seem to have uh, picked up on what you guys were talking about before. There seems to be uh, uh, many uh, bits, uh, little small plates of different types of fish, and uh, mostly seems to be grilled and uh, you know uh, lightly pickled vegetables this time instead of the more uh, aggressively, uh, how should we say? Uh, flavored or pickled uh, uh, vegetables that you had earlier along with the olives and things like that. So like, well, we've, we've done our best to kind of do something a bit more in uh, your tradition tonight. And I hope this will uh, uh, bring back some, some flavors of home. Your accommodations are more than welcome. The Emir says that we should have uh, spare uh, and nothing in any way to, uh, Make sure that you are uh, comfortable here after such a, uh, a terribly arduous uh, journey through the desert. That we should get your strength back up, get you well fed, and with something that'll be comfortable to you uh, in the meantime. Thank you. Of course, and uh, you know you can almost see that uh, that Rafi is just just not interested in this meal. Hardly wants to touch. Uh, uh, any of the food that you have and what he does have, he does his best to, uh, to season with condiments to bring it to more of, uh, uh, his, uh, kind of region of the world versus yours. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um but uh yeah uh this could if you'd like uh, if you think this even though it is kind of a rather uh plain meal by Rokugani standards i don't know if this you think this is going to be enough to key off gourmet for uh for Ricci or not but it's uh it's something interesting to try and see what uh people might consider Rokugani cuisine through the eyes of an outsider it's interesting but it's not enough to really like trigger that because you know Ricci's all about the the good food and and you know this is this is a pale imitation of what good rokugani food is well if i can if i can uh ascribe you uh narrative strife i can also uh knock off for narrative strife so how about uh every rokugani knocks off one strife uh for a meal that tastes somewhat of home yeah definitely all right yeah <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I'll take it this way. Uh, it's not the food that did it; it was the bath. It was the bath. There you go. Oh, yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. more accurately, a combination of the two. It was a good bath, and you know, at least they were trying on food, so that that puts a little bit yeah. of ease. I had a friend who said when they saw the bathing uh, passion uh, put into uh, one of the books, I think Path of Waves, they're like, "Well, that seems like it would hardly come up." I'm like, "Oh, then you don't oh, know no. enough about uh, Rokugani culture." Every good scene uh, uh, should have a ba- uh, every good thing should have a bathing scene in it. Yeah, every every good bit of fiction or play or whatever you got. Yeah, uh, the bath is wonderful. All right. So the first thing, unable to appease her curiosity in the uh, markets and bookstores and so on of the city outside, she. Uh, again, pours herself into exploring at least every nook and cranny of the uh, of her quarters inside. And she just can't get over how much metal there is, uh, like everything that would be made out of, uh, you know, fine lacquer work is made out of silver here uh or or you know things that that might be made out of of jade it's it's all it's all like ornately etched uh things like water ewers and and stuff that just it seems so over the done overdone but it's also very very interesting and uh so she does that for a while she's just looking all around the place but what she she finally just is is really exhausted because you know it gets to the end of the day we've been traveling all day and she gets to the bed and she's trying to figure out why it's always out instead of rolled up and it's elevated up above the floor and it's got this like big mounds of soft like carpets <laughs> on it rather than just just like a normal blanket 
and and it's just this like she she's short anyway and she's like trying to climb up on top of this thing and it's That's like true the beds would be so is, much higher than you used to yeah <laughs> it's like climbing up the top of the mountain to try just to get on top of this thing and it and there's like curtains all around it with with a fine spun uh netting that she's not sure what this would be but anyway so she's just lying there and it's like i'm gonna sink inside this thing and fall on the floor and and uh, uh fortunately she's tired enough that she finally falls asleep but it's all very weird for her and um there's a period there where she and um sueno are both giggling at how weird it is to try and lie on these these tall beds so you know well she has a little less uh, trouble getting into the bed than uh, than you did it's still yeah it's that she she's just into a fit of giggles as she sinks into the uh the downy mattress it's like it's it's like being on a pillow than on a futon again this is i can't believe they sleep this way every night how do you get out again <laughs> I, know. I think i'm gonna need your help to get down we're going to need to uh, like, you know, set some sort of stool up or build some stairs up to the side of this, uh, this bed here. Take a rope ladder. I think we could weave a rope ladder out of these curtains. Maybe that's what I for. You're supposed to slide down them to get to the ground. <laughs> yeah. I, not mosquito netting so much as a, uh, uh, a way of getting in and out of the bed entirely. <laughs> Unfortunately, they're asleep, so they get to sleep eventually. Very nice. All right, Richie, do you have a, a scene you might want, or should we go on to another one of uh, uh, Gens? Uh, I I have nothing else uh, at this point, so uh, All right. again, take it away. <laughs> okay, hoping you'd have something. Um, <laughs> once uh, the next day, once the um once she's figured out how to get out of bed and they've had some some breakfast uh again goes outside and starts trying to explore the gardens and just just outside the emir's palace and um she uh is walking through and she hears well, she sees all of these fascinating flowers. Some she recognizes, some she she does not. Um, there's there's fountains with water flowing in them through some kind of interesting plumbing. Um, right, channels of water that cut through uh, the gardens and the walkways, but are uh, they're not quite irrigation, but they are definitely part of the fountain system. Yeah. Yeah, so she's she's looking for it for the she's used to over visible bamboo pipes and she doesn't doesn't see those, which is unusual to her. Um, but she's actually looking for the machinery. And as she's walking through the garden, she hears a a bird uh, tweeting and uh, she looks up and uh, 
she swears that that bird is made of metal. Uh, it has a odd repetitive cry and it makes this whirring sound and then it makes the same cry again but it doesn't fly away so she spends a long time looking at it it's way up on a branch high above her so she can't actually go near it um but it's like is that a real real bird is that a bird made out of metal does it just look like it's made of metal is that uh, a caillou doll that they put up in the tree uh she's she's you know very very intrigued by that um, bird uh one of the gardeners would uh uh come by at some point and see you uh just mesmerized by the uh uh the bird and uh kind of uh would offer to see if you want to uh take a closer look at it uh, can I? <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. And they reach up and it seems to be affixed to uh, a, um, a potted plant that the gardener is able to uh, bring down and uh, kind of set. And it is, it, uh, uh, the branch is kind of set in as a decoration, almost like an Ikebanist <laughs> might uh, use uh, different branches or things like that. This is clearly... Uh, something built up for it. And yeah, you can see different thin pipes leading up to the bird and some sort of uh, ticking, clicking mechanism machinery. It's it, it's it's quite unusual. You've never seen anything like it. Causes uh, the body of the bird to turn left and right, for the head to move up and down, and for even its little... Uh, beak to open and close and the closer you get to it and you hear the the bird's call is you can hear the sound of the whistling being caused by uh, some sort of air pressure being applied to water it sounds like someone gargling it's a a, a water whistle as a kind of a gurgling noise that makes the 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 whistle there as terribly as I did it there uh, momentarily <laughs> My throat is terribly dry, but yeah, there's some sort of like water whistling mechanism inside and somehow the beak moves in time with the warbling of the water whistle and you wish you could get inside and take a look at it, but it is yeah. clearly some sort of mechanical oddity, wonder, really. So she's got, again, has her hands like tightly clasped behind her back so she doesn't start taking the thing apart to look inside uh, but she she's looking at at it all over she crouches down she she peers in it and says, this is this is amazing this is this is wonderful do you know how this was created is and the gardener the gardener uh shakes their head no it, it's be it's beyond me uh the 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 clock, the, 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 how should I say this? The, uh, the watchmaker that created it is uh, a bit of an eccentric genius and presented this to the caliph, uh, well, to the caliph's father, to the previous caliph. Uh, this is one of his older models. If you can believe it, he has even more intricate and, uh, and, and designs that include even more motion and don't need to be as, uh, looked after as this one does. I, I've just known two 
how to take care of it, how to water it and make sure that the, uh, the mechanism keeps, uh, keeps running with a little bit of oil here and there and to make sure the water goes into the system and that uh, it can continue to work the, uh, the bellows. I just, I just run uh, a fair bit of uh, maintenance on it. I, if it broke, I wouldn't know how at all how to fix it. It's, it's just a whole mess of gears and springs and, uh, I mean, and they are all so tiny and finely carved and filed down. And yeah, the, the, you can tell this person is also just as enamored and enraptured by the awe of this little automation. <laughs> well, again, we'll happily take a look at that. And and uh, while she's looking at it, Sueno is, is somewhat bored and looking around mm -hmm. the gardens and Sueno... Uh, sees strutting by and spreading its tail feathers a full-fledged peacock with all of its um glorious feathers all uh, spread out uh and looking at sueno and uh she like gently taps again on the shoulder like do you want to to see this and and again's yeah. like uh <laughs> just, just like again again you have to you have to see this i this is beyond belief and you know gen's like deep into the like looking into the machine and trying to peer at some of the uh the gears whenever the beak opens up to to, to make a sound <laughs> and she's like desperately trying to get your attention like again you will not believe what i have just seen you you know I, you have to this... turn and, yeah and fi finally she forcibly has to like reach under your chin with the with her, with her hand and kind of tilt your vision to this glorious purple, blue, and green iridescent peacock just strutting about, looking like they are indeed the <laughs> cock of the walk, shuttering this fan. And we're talking like a, a four foot fan of iridescent colored feathers, like you wouldn't believe, just shaking about uh as this bird struts about trying to uh attract someone's attention and yeah you and sueno like sueno has finally seen a a bird that isn't just some stupid little black bird with some red tips on the ends like this bird this is the reason that she could see you wanting to paint uh yeah and, and genzo like but this clockwork <laughs> 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 so 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 Ken's a little torn on that, but <laughs> is very grateful for Sueno too for pointing it out. Anyway, it's a cute moment. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm Robert or Baishi Shinichi, your host and narrator, thanking you once again for listening. Remember to catch new episodes every Monday. If you want to catch them early or are looking for more bonus content, please consider becoming a supporting member of the Patreon at patreon.com slash courtgames. I am Tyler, and I've been playing Akoto Ricci. You can find me on my personal accounts on Twitter, at Churcher Games, or on Twitch, also as Churcher Games. You can find the show on the web at courtgamespod.com, on social media platforms such as Facebook and Instagram under Fortune and Strife, and on Twitter at L5RFNS. If you would like to contact us, you can email the show at fortuneandstrife at gmail.com. 
This is Jeannie, aka Kikita Kaori, and also known as, at least today, Doji Gen. You can find me at my blog at the Winter Garden of the Kikita website, along with helpful materials for the RPG, and also on Twitter at White Veils or on Facebook. If you like, I am also found on the Court Games RPG podcast as a writer for Emerald Legacy, or check out The Table is Yours for fiction readings of the FFG stories. This has been Fortune and Strife, a Court Games production in association with D20 Radio Network and the Rokugana Historical Society. D20 Radio, your gamers roll. www.d20radio.com. Thank <laughs> you.